Listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one it is Monday, 20th of March. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson, and it's good to be back. Although some uh, unexpected results over the weekend, perhaps the most shocking, uh, Premiership fancies the Brisbane Lions absolutely capitulated against Port Adelaide. And, you know, the media has been raking through, uh, you know, the aftermath of the game, what went wrong, I feel I've got an inkling about what went wrong. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you want to take the story from here? <laughs> <laughs> Look, is there a chance that I have uh, – did you ever see that movie, The Cooler? It was about a casino – guy who worked at a casino, and basically his entire job was that if somebody was hot on one of the tables, he would go around and his very presence would turn their luck so that uh, they would no longer be on a winning streak. Is there a chance – that I may be the AFL's equivalent of a cooler. I think so. I think uh, I got a text from you on was it Thursday? You're at the airport and you said, "Wow, I'm at the uh, I'm in the lounge and Charlie Cameron's here." Oh no, wait! The entire Brisbane Lions team is here. Yeah, and so we were Friday both very mo- excited. It was Friday morning. They must have been flying to Adelaide for the game. I was flying to Hobart to do a show, and I've walked in. First person I saw. So I'm about to walk into the lounge. Charlie Cameron's walking out of the lounge. I'm, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to message Charlie, <laughs> not Charlie Cameron. I've got no, not to the, message the other Charlie, Charlie Clawson, the other, the other Charlie, the verbose Charlie. I've got to message him and say that I've had a Charlie Cameron's like spotting, like in the wild. But then the doors open to the lounge, and uh, well, it was just a cornucopia of Brisbane Lions players scattered around the lounge in Brisbane. And here's what I will say about the state of AFL in, in Brisbane. Either people up there are incredibly respectful or they do not give a shit about AFL <laughs> because they were not being bothered at all apart from by one person. And that one person was me <laughs> as I went around that room bothering each and every one of them individually. <laughs> so who did you talk to? Uh, well, first cab off the rank, talk to the coach. Uh, so, you know, great, the great man, Dennis Pagan. You know, obviously wanted to go and pay tribute to him and all these great years at North Melbourne, coaching those teams, Pagan's Paddock. Um, Chris Fagan, the coach, was by himself, Charlie, sitting there by himself. I believe he might have been sitting with some other members of the coaching panel, but they had gone up to get a coffee or get something from the, um, you know, get some food, some breakfast. And uh, so I, I spied my opportunity. Yeah. He's just sitting there by himself. Yeah, I'm trying to like, find a belt for his pants, I imagine. <laughs> just rifling through. He's sitting, like, oh, he can't stand up because he's <laughs> lost his belt somewhere <laughs> between coming through. Security. Uh, security. He's taking his belt off. He can't find it anymore. And he's having to sit in the chair because every time he stands up, he trips over his own pants. And so I've gone over. Um, he's a bit distracted at the time because he's uh, f- he's tried to pick up his briefcase and all the papers have fallen on the floor. As <laughs> Shredded newspaper, <laughs> sawdust. <laughs> Just every oh jeez, my plans for the game this weekend. Oh no, you've done it now, Fage. <laughs> uh, and so I went over and said good day, like uh, had a bit of a, a little chat to him. He was very lovely, as you can imagine. 
Um, there was. A do you moment- inter- do you introduce yourself because you're a big like big time you know TV star and stand up comedian? Do you introduce yourself or do you just assume they know who you are? I say, well, okay. So here's the first thing that I needed to do. Again, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by this, but um, I know that a lot of people aren't wearing masks anymore. But like when I'm going to the airport, from the minute I walk through the like the door at the airport to the minute I get off the plane at the other end, like that is, I'm wearing a mask that entire time. And I just would have thought that a bunch of professional athletes, or at least a bunch of people who work around professional athletes, because maybe the young guys, they're impervious, they're super fit, you know, like they probably don't care too much about it. But like, I mean, Chris Fagan, he's in... He's he almost got the, taken out by Mitch Robertson at training last last year. He's fragile ass. Mate, he nearly broke in half going down a water slide. Like, the, I'm not sure that we should have him unmasked out in the Virgin Lounge at the Brisbane airport, like sucking up whatever germs come along. So I've gone over, I took off my mask. And what I tend to do in that situation is I introduce myself with my full name, but I don't pause as if they would suddenly... Like know who I am. There's no moment hold, like in. You, you don't hold for applause. <laughs> there's no. There's no moment like in the most recent Spider-Man movie where the other Spider-Men arrive from other. Where I just like here I am, and they're just like two, three, four, and here I go. No, I just said it in full, um, and then yeah, just had a bit of a chat to him about the footy and about Brisbane and whatever. I did. You know what? I I, I reckon I made a bit of a mistake. Because at the end, I wanted to just say good luck with the season. But what I said instead, I think I over-egged it a little bit. I said, good luck with the season. I can't imagine the last three months have been much fun. And right. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't yeah. have. Like I, I, was trying to be, I was trying to be like a good guy, you know what I mean? I was trying yeah, to be concerned yeah. and like empathetic and, you know. But then it, it, you could tell there was a little look of shock on his face that I've kind of mentioned it. So then yeah. I've done something that definitely did not make it better. I just reached out with one arm and just patted him gently on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> on the head? Did you pat him on the head? I just gave him this little reassuring little shoulder sort of, you'll be all right. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, he is the kind of guy, though, that, I probably would have given him a cuddle. Like he is that he has that grandfatherly quality. So I can understand wanting to go and give him a reassuring pat. Like we also have created this mm. this narrative, this this fictional life for Chris Fagan in which he's this like, you know, bumbling incompetent. So, you know, that probably was feeding into your your reaction as well. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean I, I wouldn't have given him a hug because when he stood up his pants would have fallen down because he still couldn't find that belt. <laughs> That's where his friends were. They were looking for the belt. And so who else Uh, did you chat to? Okay. So then I see Josh Dunkley and I think, okay, well, you know what? Ex-Bulldog Josh Dunkley. Exactly. Like, uh, well, yeah, reigning Bulldog's best Best and fairest Josh Josh Dunkley. (laughs) (laughs) Is he still wearing the, what is it, the Charlie Sutton medal? What's your best and fairest? What's it called? Yeah, the Charlie, yeah, he had it on. I thought thought that was was a bit cruel. Shirtless, just... (laughs) Just like Nat Fife, he's just got a, he's got a, he's got his brand new uh, Brisbane Lions beanie and no shirt, just parading around with his Charlie Sutton. He used Sutton it metal. to get into the Virgin Lounge. Apparently, it works for that. <laughs> just opening um, bottles of beer with his medal. <laughs> so I, I love Josh Dunkley as a player. I was at his first ever game. You know, um, it was one of those things where 
So I had a bit of a chat to him, and he was sitting with Charlie Cameron. So Josh and I have a little chat, very good-natured, very much just sort of how you're enjoying life up here, you know. Seems to me that, like, the amount of times the weather came up, I feel like that might have been the major, you know, reason that he wanted to move out of the borders really? because he just kept talking about how good the weather was. Yeah, um, right. But also um, he was sitting with Charlie Cameron. Charlie's on the phone, yeah, probably composing one of his three-word tweets, <laughs> looking, up, looking up who was in for the storm this weekend. And yeah. I thought, I want to say good day. I can't walk away from an, inter- in, yeah, an interaction where I'm literally like at, like I've got, yeah, this is my opportunity. But to get his attention, I am going to have to distract him from his phone, which, so it was awkward, I've got to say. Fair to say that he gave me as much as he gives his tweets. Right. Like so very... Wasn't- no, because you know when you see him interviewed, he's he's very eloquent. Like he uh, yeah. speaks speaks beautifully. No movie very recommendations, nothing like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like and you know what the thing was. I had up my sleeve that I was going to mention the storm because that was going to be my go to. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't yeah. even give me enough to get a storm mention in. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh no, so I can't. I, it'd be too desperate. Like <laughs> there was one moment where I was like, oh, how about the storm? And then I was like, no, nah, don't do it to yourself. You're an old man. Don't annoy this young man. And can I ask? Because like I, I said, you know, they are going into round one, premiership fancies, you know, they've only improved their list with guys like Dunkley and Ashcroft. Yeah. Did you get a sense of, was there a quiet confidence about them? Did they sort of carry themselves like a potential premiership team? They, here's what I will say. They absolutely did not have any arrogance about them. They're, oh, maybe that's fact, the problem. I think, that, yeah, I think that is the problem. I mean, part of the fact that they are in bright purple uniforms in this lounge and some old guy dressed in black with a mask on is the only one who's annoying them, <laughs> shuffling around the room, going from person to person, Patting spreading the coach his cooler on the head. poison. <laughs> <laughs> like, th- there was no way they could have been cocky because they weren't getting any of that attention. Like, I've been in the lounge when... I remember I was in, like, another lounge where Jordan Dugowie was there one day, not in his uniform, just, like, in his casual clothes. I think he'd been somewhere for an operation. And... No one was annoying him, but everybody was clearly talking about him. You know those yeah. things where, like, you could see people just glance over, there'd be people yeah. walk by and then turn to their friend and go, do you know who that is? That, there was none of that. Like, they were yeah. hiding in plain sight. No one cared. I was, I was in a lounge once with the Giants about four years ago, three or four years ago, and they were equally probably as anonymous in an, a Sydney airport lounge, but they were acting like they were the kings of the lounge, like Jeremy Cameron especially. I've never seen a guy load up a buffet plate with more confidence than Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, that guy's going to win a premiership medal one day. Maybe not for this club, but at some club. So can we talk about the game? Because mm. I, I was shocked. Andrew Dunkley made a great start. In fact, the Lions made a great start. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is what is expected. And then... Do you think the problem is that they were playing Andrew Dunkley, not Josh? I I mean, Andrew would still be fine. Like, I'm sure he could still get a kick, yeah. Like, I mean, he had good skills at the time. But if Andrew's run out instead of Josh, it's a father-son. And you get the father and the son. That should be the new father-son rule. If you're, like, you know, so at Collingwood with the Dacosses... Peter Dacos should still have to play as well. If you're going to play the sons, you also have to play the father. First half, son, yeah. second half, dad, which is kind yeah. of what happened. I mean, it was Josh in the first <laughs> half and it was all Andrew in the second half. I mean, the thing about Port that 
I can't get behind them. I know you've got a soft spot for Port, but it's the Kane corns of it. Like Kane has been so annoying about mm-hmm. Port and especially Jason Horn Francis over the summer that it really bugs me. Like when they started to come with a rush and, and Jason Horn Francis was undeniable. Like, and I've got to admit, he looks great in that yeah. black and teal, you know, and white uh, jumper. Much better, much better than he ever looked in the in the blue and white stripes. He and he's got he's the eighties into the look. Yeah, totally. He's yeah. just got the whole thing. He's, he's embraced. Yeah, he looks like he's from Port, Port Adelaide. Adelaide culture. Yeah, would not yeah. surprise me if he stole a car to get to the game. Like he's leaned in. Yeah, he's got to go to the Ramsgate car park straight after the game and get into a punch on. That's 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 what he's got to do. But he was phenomenal. But can I ask you? Do we need to start worrying about Kane? Because he's been rabbiting on about Jason Horn Francis all summer. And then on the footy show, the Sunday footy show, did you see the dress-ups he did? Like, they set it up. They said, oh, uh, Kane's not on the panel. He's going to do a gag. He's going to do a gag. So they didn't even, like, save it as a surprise. They let us everyone know that a gag was coming. Out comes Kane in full, like, Jason Horn Francis cosplay. He's got the kit on. He's got a long blonde wig. And it's like... What the fuck is going on? Has <laughs> Kane Corns lost his mind? Well, remember round one last year, you know, he's gone after Cheeky Jack. And then, of course, he's ended up dressing up as Cheeky Jack a couple of weeks later. And now Cheeky Jack's on the bloody horse drugs. Like, he's driven him yeah. to horse drugs. Like, are we going to, like, say the same thing with Jason Horn Francis? Is this the Kane Corns kiss of death, whoever he's you know, like dressing up as, cosplaying as early in the season, that's the kiss of death. But if you're Jason Horn Francis, do mm. you want this from Kane? Because it, Do you find it weird uh, that Kane no, Corns is dressing up as you? <laughs> yes, I do. Well, just more than that, it's like, so Kane Corns is the Red Simons of, you know, the Australian footy media landscape. He's the contrarian, he's the guy who says the controversial things. So the, the most loathed man in Australian media loves you. Loves you so much, he's going to dress up as you on a footy show. Yeah, like that's it's, that, it's, that's it's, not it's a good like thing, if you right? On, for a guy in his second like, year. Yeah, if it's like if you're a comedian and you went on the project and Steve Price was dressed up as you. Yeah, you're like this <laughs> is like, not what I by want. By association, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Nazis came to support your rally. I know you're saying, "Hey, I didn't invite him down," but they're here to support you. So yeah. there's an issue, right? <laughs> you need to denounce it. So Jason Horn Francis, does he have to come out and denounce Kane Corns? I think he has to distance himself from Kane Corns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Well, let's go back to Thursday night when the whole round kicked off. I know a lot of people said it was kind of like an underwhelming game because it was low scoring, but I loved it. Me too. And I have to ask you a question. And I don't mm-hmm. want to look. I, I don't want to turn this into shtick, but. I feel like now Carlton have lost these games uh-huh. and they, you know, start the same season uh, not losing a game but essentially giving away a game they had in their control in the last five minutes. Is it too soon to say Carlton? Well, here's what I would say. Like a lot of positive vibes out of Carlton after the game, which feels to me like they're living in a real fantasy land <laughs> because like, they were looking for positives in something where there was not a lot of positives. I guess the only positive is that last year they would have lost that game and this year they've tied that game. So that is actually... Such an improvement. It is. That's a half a step forward. Well, Michael Voss was interesting. So he mm. was the one after the game who said, oh, last year we would have lost that game by six goals. Mm. But... How? <laughs> I don't understand. What's the difference there? Like, that's such a specific reference. What did they do differently? They still didn't win the game. 
Yeah, but they didn't lose the game, which I yeah, guess is. But, but so, look, guys. Firstly, we've got to rule out losing, and then we'll deal with winning. We've just. But got I feel to like stop he's given himself. He's given himself a huge parachute here. He's like, yeah, look, you know, um, uh, we didn't win the game, but we also didn't lose by six goals. Yeah, but like that's there's a million other things that could have happened in the game that didn't happen. Like you're just or, bringing that up to make the draw look better. The whole game could have not happened, and that could have yeah. been the case. <laughs> Because you pretty much finished where you started, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, I would like to see, I think this is Carlton's season. And I mean, what I mean by that is I think they're going to tie every game. I don't oh, think they're going to lose. Be amazing? <laughs> so, hang on, how many rounds are there? 23. So that would be 11 and a half wins total or something. Adam Spencer's probably yelling at the podcast right now. I've probably got that mess completely wrong. But let's say it's um, 11 and a half wins that they would get for the season. Could, could Carlton not lose all season? tie every game and still miss the eight? I feel like <laughs> they would. would. I don't feel like 11 and a half wins would be enough. I feel like they'd finish ninth. Well, because the, the, the other stat to come out of that game or the quirky stat was that, mm. so Jack Revold has now played in nine draws. I think it's the most yeah, draws the for most any ever. single player to have played mm. in, which once upon a time would have been a Richmondy type stat. Yeah. But if Carlton then go on, like you say, to have like, you know, draw half the games or all the games this year, then we can say Carlton is in full effect, right? And and is it Carlton or is it Bluesy? Play the I mean, edge, play the blues. Bluesy, uh, Bluesy sounds better. I don't know if Cal- Carlton doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, Bluesy, I guess, sounds good because there's lose, <laughs> Bluesy, Bluesy, losers. But they, di- but they did. They, the Bluesers didn't lose. They tied. Yeah, it was a well, draw. I- See, I, the, the interpretation of the result of that game is interesting because I thought Carlton very much did lose that. Like they had the game in their grasp in the last five minutes and then just a lapse of judgment, poor decision-making, Blake Akers dropping that mark in the last 10 seconds. In fact, why don't we, uh, Mike, can we just hear how the, how the last 10 seconds played out? Chera now. They've got numbers out here. Akers couldn't hang on. Shoveling a handball through a point will do it for the Blues. There's your siren. What a way to start 2023. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you just saw that happen. And this is, you know, look, no offence to Blake Akers. He's a St Kilda great and a Fremantle great. But I have seen him do that so many times in a game. Like, just drop a chest mark. All he had to do is take a chest mark, give it off. They handball it through for a point. Well, that's all you need to do. And they just couldn't get it done. So I'm saying it's a bit bluesy. It is a little bluesy. I would suggest this week for Blake Akers, you got to change your name. He's got to become Blake Hectares. I feel like he's got to modernise. Let's move on to uh, possibly the most exciting debut in recent memory, which was the uh, the North West Coast game and Harry Sheasel. I didn't see a lot of the headlines. Look, I don't buy regular newspapers anymore. A lot of things I consume is digital. But I'm assuming there was some She's Louise, She's will be right. Like, were they there some of the headlines that were getting written about Harry Sheasel? I mean, I haven't seen, but, I mean, you, you've got to imagine that his nickname has something to do with Sheasels, right? Like, because every time, I mean, you'd, you'd want a sponsorship. If he's going to be the player that he seems like he's going to be, if you're Cheezles, you are, you are fooling yourself if you haven't already had a board meeting and identified, I'm, I'm Cheezle for Cheezles. Like, that, that well, to is me. It gonna, feel- is it going to be like a, a Gary, a Gary Hocking type oh, yeah. situation where it's Get like Harry Cheezle? Change, che- change name. Name to Harry Cheezle mm. yeah. <laughs> for one game. <laughs> I mean, he, 
Easier Look, for the commentators. They don't really have to change their pronunciation at all. Harry Cheezle, Harry Cheezle, Harry Cheezle, Harry Cheezle. Can't I really mean, hear the difference, can you? No, absolutely not. And he, you're going to hear that name a lot in games. That's the thing that we're, is already evident from that first game. He is, he looks like that Nick Dacos style, you know, ready-made AFL footballer. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting though. Like, great for the, the Kangaroos, uh, you know, great for Alistair Clarkson, but... Let's just ease up. I heard a few people say it was a masterstroke to put Harry Sheasel onto the back flank. And it's like, don't they do that with, like, every player they're trying to teach the game to? Didn't Nick Dacos start in a half-back half flank? Like, it's hardly a masterstroke. The most common tactic used with a player that you're trying to, like, teach the game to is to put them on a half-back flank so they can see everything happening in front of them. I mean, yes, it's more of a masterstroke to play Hugh Greenwood in the ruck as your number one ruckman for 80 minutes of a game. But, yeah, I agree with you. No, I, But I think the only thing was that he's never played in the back line before. But you're right. In, co- in coaching masterstrokes, sending someone to a half-back flank so that they can, like, run in the different direction to the footy, it's, it's a pretty established tactic in the history of AFL football. It's interesting, too, like um... – Todd Goldstein, who I think it was about five years ago, I can't remember which club came knocking, maybe it was Collingwood or someone. Bulldogs. Big money offer. Was it the Bulldogs, was it? Well, I think both, but Bulldogs were very good at one point. And this is like footy's a brutal game because he turns his back on that, you know, he sticks fat with the ruse as they enter into probably, you know, one of their worst periods ever. And now finally they've got some excitement. They've got a, a you know a master coach. Will they've got some cool, uh, exciting, cool? What's going to say? Uh, cool. It's a very subjective term. They've got some cool youngsters. Will they're really hap cats. They're really they they know what's they know what it is. You know you dig. <laughs> they've got some exciting youngsters. I meant to say. Also cool youngsters. I'm sure. And cool youngsters. North I don't Melbourne. Know. I'm sure I mean, Harry North Melbourne's a very hip inner city suburb. I bet they do have some. Is it? I, I, look, guys, last time I was in Melbourne, I actually went through North Melbourne and I'm like, why isn't this suburb better? Like, how come it's not cool yet? Like, everything else has been gentrified and, you know, they've got a boost juice, but North Melbourne's still kind of like weird and not cool. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm talking that's about? That's why it's cool, because it's weird and not cool. Like, having a boost juice yeah, doesn't right. make somewhere cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in my world, Will. Uh, uh, but yeah, Todd Goldstein, like, so he gets omitted from this and it's like, oh, is he going to be the hard luck story from this? Like, you know, you show loyalty to a club and then you don't even get a game. And now that they've won too, it just sort of confirms the decision, right? No, well, no, because the guy that he, um, who replaced him in the team got injured very early on. So Goldie will be back next week. You think? Yeah, well, they're not going to play Hugh Greenwood as their number one ruckman for the rest of the season. Like, I mean, Goldie will be back, absolutely. Like, he'll be back next week. Well, I hope he comes back and he dominates. Um, I mean, how much do you put, like, there was every new coach, uh, returning coach or new coach, mm. won on the weekend. Uh, we're calling it the new coach bounce, which is mm. like New Jack Swing. It's my favourite genre of music, <laughs> the new coach bounce. Uh, how much do you put that down just to kind of excitement? Because the new coach bounce... Does it only work when your coach gets sacked mid-season and then it's the next week? Or can you have a new coach bounce over the uh, summer? Because then you've had time. I don't know, like, what are the physics of the bounce? If it's like yeah. three months of the Does it need to be three months or is there a world just, in which you could, like your NCB rating, you could manipulate Moneyball style, come into a season and just go, we've identified the NCB as being the most dominant factor in determining games during the season. So what we're going to do 
is we're going to consistently have new coaches. I mean, it happens a lot after a coach is sacked and one, you know, like that. I'd like to know what the statistics are. If champion data could put together some, you know, new coach bounds statistics for us. And can Swamp you can thing. Have so a Swamp look at thing, them. I think, is the guy you got to go to. He's the one for the quirky stats. So because could you manipulate in a season to have a new coach for every round of the season yep. to guarantee you a win? Rotating, ro- they yep. do rotating captaincy, the Saints. Mm. I say we do rotating coaches. So you hire whatever, maybe just the normal, like what, four or five co- assistant coaches, and you mm. rotate through those guys every oh, you, five so weeks. You so think, each, each, you think you can roll them through? So you think yeah. you get a new coach? It's a, it's a wheel bounce. of coaches. Even like five weeks from now, when that first original coach is back, you still get a new coach bounce, you think? Yeah, I reckon. So, all right, so uh, what, what you, the Saints, need, Saints is an example. You could just have two. You just need two. No, because I, I think you need – because the new coach bounce, you need enough mm. time for the negative kind of um, chatter to, to sink in. And I think okay. that needs to be at least three losses in a row. Mm-hmm. So let's say average uh, assistant coaching panel is four assistant coaches. I'll talk about yeah. the Saints because they're the only ones I really know. So let's say Ross Lyon – wins this week. Yeah. Corey Enright in the rotation, he takes round two, bad yeah. loss. Oh, shit. And then Lenny Hayes, round three. Oh, no, another bad loss. Then Rob Harvey, round four, bad loss. And then Ross comes back, new coach bounce, bang, we get a win. I mean, that's a really defeated like way to look at the new coach bounce as far as I'm concerned. I would have thought saying you've got a new coach each of those weeks. You should be winning each of those games. The only flaw in the plan as far as I'm concerned is – how do you convince the coaches to hand over the reins after a win? Because they have a successful season for your new coach bounce. Like, I mean, you know, really, you could just win every week with a new coach. Okay, well, why don't we establish the rule that you have to, what's a losing streak? Three? Yeah. Three. One, you can write off. Two, mm-hmm. okay. Three is now a streak. All right, so you can only implement your new coach bounce after three losses in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but that. that and then if he continues you- to win, you can hang yeah. on to him. But then when he has three losses in a row, new coach bounce, bring in a new assistant. Okay. Yeah, I like you know it. what? It's, it's not the worst idea you've ever come up with on this podcast. <laughs> uh, now the pies. We have to talk about the pies because yes. they are Flag pies. the real deal. Flag pies. It actually, I'm already, like, I, like everyone, loved watching mm. the pies last year, yeah. but Seeing how scary they were, I'm, I'm actually already over them. I'm over these plucky, courageous, exciting, talented, passionate, Darcy Moore, so articulate and sensitive. And like, there's, there's just, I want, I'm trying to dislike them, Will. I'm trying to find something not to like about them, but they were brutal against the Cats. Like, again, another game where in the first half, you're like, oh, yeah, Geelong seemed to be up and about, totally in control of this game. And then the Pies just went bang. It was so entertaining to watch. Like, I mean, such a great game. And I don't think if you're Geelong, you're too worried about what happened really, you know. But Collingwood, you're just super excited because what it looked like was an evolution of last season where they were never out of games last season, but they would get so far behind that you would think, oh, they're not going to get back and then they'd leave it to the very last moment to be able to get in front. And people are like, well, that's unsustainable. But there was a clear point in this game. And I remember BT... One for the shut the fuck up BT files. But BT basically said, if Geelong get another goal here, Collingwood are out of this game. And then from that moment onwards, Collingwood pretty much just, they did what they used to do at the end of the game. They did it in the third quarter instead and then got quite a substantial lead. That version of Collingwood is going to be, I mean, 
You'd think they're easily top four teams of the season and they've got to be one of the premiership favourites. Like, I mean, I think they were anyway, but yeah. there was nothing that you saw in that game that made you think anything other than that. And the most disturbing issue is that they're super exciting to watch and they are fun, yeah, full of fun characters. They're, su- they're likeable. Is Scott, <laughs> is Scott Pendlebury ever going to get any worse? Like, no. I, don't think, I think he's just going to be just... one of those players who plays consistently good until he retires in about nine years from now because he just, <laughs> like, has just been the most consistently good player. If, I mean, I think they the statistic they talked about was he's had 14 podium finishes in the best and fairest at Collingwood. And that is so true because he's just consistently good. And then... You know, Mason Cox doing his thing and, like you said, all that stuff with Ollie Henry. I mean, I just thought it was such an entertaining game of football. Interesting fact about Scott Pendlebury. He's got a mm. basketball background. Did you know Oh, that? yeah. Well, when he gets the ball, he does seem to have extra time. But he does. <laughs> I can see why people keep saying it because every time he gets time the, does the ball, stand you're still. just like, why does time stand still when he has this ball? I also think, you mentioned Mason Cox, I think football is so much better for having Mason Cox in it. Not only what he yeah. does off the field, you know, in the media and stuff, but I love the way he just struts around. Like, how's the fucking balls on the dude <laughs> to, like, pick up the game not even 10 years ago and just to be willing to, like, just kick it around the corner, fucking chest bump an opponent. Like, I just I just think he's amazing. And, I, I like, there's so many people who want to tear him down. And I'm like, why would you want to attack what is a great feature of our game that an athlete can come from another code and with enough training in the right team and the right support play at the highest level. I think that is an attractive quality of the game. I don't think it cheapens or lessens the game. No. And it's an incredible, like the thing about him is a couple of years ago, it looked like maybe he was getting towards the end of it all. And now you can, you see his role in that team. And the, the great thing about Collingwood now is, they don't rely on him to do more than what he is capable of doing. There was like a period of time three, four, five years ago where I think people judged Mason Cox so like harshly because he was being asked to do more than he was, you know, technically capable of being able to do. Whereas being able to just have a few moments in a game where, you know, he can just clunk one and then just kick a big goal. He's incredibly valuable and so entertaining. Like the fact that he's gone, I'm an American. So I am going to play the part of, like, it's got a bit of a wrestling vibe to it, where he's just like, I'm going to play like an American. I'm going to be out on the field and I can conduct myself like an American. And he knows that 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 doesn't, you know, make him popular with everyone, but he gets that he's also an entertainer. Like he gets, I think because he's from somewhere else, instead of the way that, you know, we sometimes do, which is that we... You know, the, we get, we're too close to the game to see it for what it really is. Whereas, like, he has that outdoor, outside perspective of going, this is entertainment. There are 90,000 people here at the MCG. I'm going to put on a show. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. House, house. We are two guys, one we back. We had to take a, a little uh, technical break. We realized uh, 30 minutes into the record that uh, Will's microphone wasn't working. You can still hear him, but now uh, let's hear the, the voice of God, Will Anderson. Yeah, so now oh, I'm speaking into a microphone that's actually working. 
as opposed to you sound like what Steve I was Kernahan doing. now. Your voice is so deep. <laughs> it's well, what different. I was doing before because my recorder wasn't working uh, was I was they're using the external speakers here on the computer, which still you know the microphone. Hopefully, people the audio in the first half of this podcast is still okay. But when you are doing that, it's probably better to not be speaking directly into a microphone that muffles <laughs> that noise going to the yeah. computer, particularly when that microphone isn't doing anything recording. at all. So anyway. Before the break, um, which is actually appropriate, uh, we're talking about the magpies and uh, Jeremy mm. Howe's uh, sickening broken arm. Oh, yeah. um, I'm very glad that uh, Channel 7 mm. did not show the replay of that. Uh, and then there was this very touching moment when all the Magpies players gathered around their fallen teammate and wished mm. him all the best as he's carted off. But I was thinking about that because I get very squeamish. Mm. But there was also injuries. there was also the moment where Jeremy Cameron went up and t- told him he was soft, <laughs> said "fuck off, I beat you again," <laughs> called him soft. Mate, I thought that never was never trusted guy who hogs a who hogs an airport lounge buffet. <laughs> I knew it. I saw it four years ago. He was that kind of player. But I was thinking about so obviously Darcy Moore has <sighs> gathered his troops together. Mm. And he's gone, come on, fellas, like we need to go over and, and wish Howie the best. Mm. But if that was me, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go over and see like bone jutting out of his arm. Like, could you be a conscientious objector in that stage? Could I say to Das, hey, Das, like I've got a real weak stomach. I don't mm. want to go over and, and see any broken bones. Can you just send him my best? <laughs> Does that not show team loyalty? Or can I go hey, with get, my eyes closed and wish him Get the one best? of the runners to grab a card. I'll write him a card. And if you could just leave the card on the... Because be how great. amazing would it be to have like one of the players go over, see it, and just faint, <laughs> like just or just vomit everywhere, just pukes all over it. Well, I think what they actually did was they put the like the inflatable cast on before any of the players went over. So basically, okay, what happened right. was trainers and doctors are all there. They respectfully waited, you know, until it was covered up. I think for that okay. reason, I think they've got. To, I've got to be honest with you. I, I bet there's a couple of fainters down at Collywood, and so <laughs> they knew, they knew that you got to wait. But I noticed that they also people went in at different places. Like there was a couple of people who just gave him a tap on the foot, and I feel like they were your ones. If you're going to identify somebody who either. You know, who either isn't in his close, you know, social and friendship group or just someone who was just like, I'm not going to get close to this arm. I'm just happy to go in and tap the boot and, you know, <laughs> fly the flag. But I'm not not, not, I'm not yeah. actually going to have just, a look. Just not making yeah. eye contact. It's just like keeping the eyes just above Jeremy, just not quite looking at him. Uh, so with the idea of not showing it, and I, I, I understand yeah. that too. I, I Like I, I get that as well. But there is still a curiosity, isn't there, that about what does it look like and where do we draw the line on not showing these things? Because we show players bleeding from the face and, you know, hurting themselves all the time. Like So is there a world? I get the idea that nobody wants to see it. But just so that I can actually see the damage that has been done, what if they played it in reverse? What if they start with a shot of a broken arm and then they play it in reverse so you actually see an arm like healing? The bone So you're left with a good feeling. That's right. So it's not quite as disturbing. Well, I mean, I didn't have to worry about that because uh, my mates in the WhatsApp chat were very good at going up to their their own TVs and taking a photo of the injury as it happened and then sending that photo around photo around the WhatsApp. So I actually got sent a picture of the break as it was happening, which was disgusting. It was like limbs should not bend in that direction is is it was my medical opinion. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing considering how much he flies in the air that he's never 
had a bad landing like this. But that incident, I mean, in a way, it was so horrific what happened. But in another way, that could have been so much worse than what it was. Like yeah, both for him and Stengel. Head. Yeah, he could yeah. have landed on his head, but Stengel could have got cleaned up at the same time. Like, he, I mean, it's weird to say when a guy's come out with like one of the you know worst broken arms that you've ever seen on a football field that he might have like actually come. Like it could have been worse, I think. That's what yeah. I would have said. I would I would have jogged up to him and gone, could have been worse, mate. Hard <laughs> now you mentioned Could have been worse. You, you mentioned BT before. Now, he was on one on Friday night. Now, you and oh, I yes. both texted uh, podcast Mike saying you have to grab this bit. There was a moment after a Gary Rowan goal before the Pies ran over the top of the Cats. And what the hell is going on here? That is just beautiful. Oh, you just want to kiss that. It is so nice. What beautiful touch off the boot. You just want to kiss that kick. You know what it's like, Will. You've had a few drinks. You see a kick from across the bar. You're like, hey, my wife and I were watching you. We kind of dig your vibe. <laughs> you just want to – can we play it one more time? Is that possible? Because it's just disturbing. Here it is again. That is just beautiful. Oh, you just want to kiss that. It's the oh. It is so nice. Oh. Oh. Beautiful it's touch. Oh, oh, you like, just want to kiss that. Jeez in my pants oh, type sound. So we nice. know one needs to hear that oh. foaming Brian. That's what we heard right there. <laughs> I mean, we've got more BT a bit later on, but let's uh, let's talk about the Saints, Will. Let's talk about okay, those yes. bloody Saints. The Saints that are, they've written off that I said I had no hope for this season and now mm-hmm. they've bloody given me some hope. Turns out if you don't have a forward line, it's fine as long as you can keep your position to seven goals. It was – Vintage Ross Lyon. I felt like it was 2008 again, looking at that scoreline, the way they played, the way they just didn't allow the ball to move through the ground. I'm sure for opposition, well, neutral supporters, it was probably like a bit of a frustrating game to watch. But Jesus Christ, like there is something about having a good coach, isn't there? Just a good coach. I didn't think it was frustrating to watch. I I really enjoyed the game because I think there was, yeah, I think the story of the Saints in that game you know, like having so many players out, going in so decimated by injuries, you know, the idea of what would they look like under Ross. And it had that real underdog sense of, yeah, they're not playing like great skillful football, but they've definitely got a plan and they all seem pretty committed to this plan. And there's like a couple of guys here who I'd, I've never really heard of who seem to be having a really decent crack at like, you know, the game where you're like, this is you know optimistic. Like, I don't know who this dude is. And there was some boy that they'd let play who was like playing like a man. I, I, like it, it was a really. Mitch Owens. You're talking about Mitch, yes. Mitch Owens. The guy just Mitch throws Owens. himself at everything. Yeah. He's a yeah. boy disguised yeah. as a he, man, but he played like he was like in disguise. <laughs> like he was like coming in going, I hope no one notices that I'm just a boy. He's one of our next gen academy mm. products that we thought was going to get scooped. He had he was uh, uh, when he was playing under 18s, he was like five ten, and then in his last year of under 18s, had a growth spurt where he grew like three inches. So he's six two six three now, and his usual position is as an inside midfielder, uh, and you can sort of see that from his goal kicking. He's, they've had to throw him forward because he just does not know how to kick a goal. Like he had three shots on goal. There was one that he tried to kick around the corners. Like he doesn't even know how to hold the ball in the correct position. But what he does do is just throw himself around. It's like, I can't wait 
to get like a forward line back because I think once you throw him in the midfield, then he'll just be doing that and dishing the ball out to good players. But this is what Ross Lyon does. Like there's three or four players who were fringe players under Brett Ratton who I was like, I don't know if this guy can actually play. Ryan Burns is a dude who's been in and out, probably played less than a dozen games, had 27 touches, like 10 contested, like the highest number of inside 50s and most metres gained. And this is a guy who could not get a game under Brett Ratton. But this is what he did with Andrew McWalter, with Robert Eddy. You know, like he takes these role players and just maximises their potential. What did you think of the comedy stylings of Ross Lyon and the St Kilda Social Department pre-game uh, yeah. when they named – did you see this video where they named yes. the two guys who the were going like, to make we, their we, debuts we the and audio. they did it as if there was a leaked audio of them? How did you, how did you feel about well, St Kilda leaning into the comedy around that? I've been – look, let's – the St Kilda digital team I think have had a change over the summer because they're all about the gags now. It's just mm-hmm. non-stop memes and gags and like ribbon the opposition teams and all that kind of stuff. And I'm loving it. It's entertaining. But part of me, I almost clipped a compilation of Ross Lyons' press conference and then I was listening to it and you had a theory last week that the leaked audio that maybe Ross was trying to outfox us. And I was listening to him do this press conference and it was like just wall-to-wall Rossisms. And then I'm like, this is an act. Like no one <laughs> – if you listen to it like in isolation out of context, you're like, does this man have dementia? What the hell is he going on about? And then I'm like, it must be – like it's it's definitely a plan that Ross goes into. Like when he's speaking to the media, it's just I'm going to throw out all these little red herrings and non sequiturs and little gags and I'm going to turn the question back around on you. And he gets the – like the, the press laughing and in the palm of his hand, but he never actually answers a question. And I, with the digital team, so they've, they've made a real effort over the summer to be like more engaging and more entertaining and stuff. But someone's having to go up to Ross and say, hey, Ross, can you stick to this script? Um, <laughs> you know, we need to use this for a promo video, but good luck. So they tried to do this gag of the leaked audio. It's like, oh, we've discovered the St. Kilda leaked audio. And then the surprise was it's Ross saying we're going to debut, you know, Anthony Caminiti and, and Filippo. Uh, but... It just, Ross just did not stick to the script. It was actually quite hard to interpret what he was actually saying because what, if you saw the full video, they actually played that leaked audio video at the team meeting so that these two young players would know that they're in the team. But they played that clip and everyone just sat around looking at each other going, what, what was that? <laughs> like, because he didn't actually <laughs> use their names. He didn't say, we're going to pick Filippo and Caminiti this week. He said, yeah, you know, um, all right, we'll keep this top secret. We're going to pick the two boys. Yeah, the two boys have worked hard over the summer. Well, that could be fucking the entire list. <laughs> they're all boys. And they've all worked hard over the summer. Come on, Ross. Like, I think the digital department are doing a great job, but they're obviously too scared to give Ross a script. Or they yeah. give him a script and he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I normally do. Yeah, they're happy to get what they get. They, okay, yeah. that's, a, that, that's a good point. I understand what you're saying now. Um, but I thought St Kilda were – like it was really sensational. Like I, I, Here's what I want to comment upon. Would you say, Will, it was sensational? It was sensational. And I'm going to say this. I like Jack Steele's new look. He's skinny. He's too skinny. He's lost a bunch nah, of weight. I like it. it. But it's also the haircut and the mustache. The whole look. Right. The whole thing looks – don't know what it is, but I have a lot more confidence in him suddenly. He, like it feels like a real change in direction for me and I'm, I'm here for it. 
So we've got two. Uh, so Ross uh, Jack Steele stayed captain, and then uh, we've mm. got Cal Wilkie's our new vice captain. So there's two 50 meters given in the games. <laughs> One was given away by a, vi- a vice captain because he pointed out to the umpire the, uh, the, the scoreboard, and then two minutes later, our captain gives away a, a 50 meter in exactly the same circumstances. So if you say like you know the fish rots from the head down, like our two leaders just love getting to arguments with the umpire. So can I ask too, this dissent rule? Adam Spencer pointed out on Twitter that, like, you know, you, you saw players remonstrating all round. Have the AFL just, like, sunsetted that quietly without telling us? Or was there an announcement, hey, guys, that was a stupid rule. Brad Scott's moved on. Is that Essendon now? Forget about it. Let's pretend men in black it. it never, last year it never happened. Well, they overcompensated, but I noticed in that St Kilda game that I think it was the Wilkie incident you're talking about where the umpire said, if you can't, like, you know, point at the screen and tell me, the you know, tell me yeah. that's dissent. So they're explaining what dissent is. They just weren't enforcing it, which I think is probably the thing to do early on. But if it gets out of hand, then it obviously you need to start enforcing it. Like it would have been dumb in that situation to pay a free kick, I think. But, you know, just give you a little... But I also think it is weird that that is dissent because, mm. like, if there's a replay that shows that the umpire was wrong and all you're doing is, like, look at the screen, yeah. you were wrong. I mean, I guess yeah. that is dissent, but there's video evidence that shows that you were wrong. So <laughs> it would be hard to bite your tongue in that situation. <laughs> uh, now, uh, can we talk about the D's and the dogs? I know it probably yeah, wasn't a sure. great night for you. Um uh, it was fine. Melbourne I watched never. the Gold Coast game instead. So <laughs> I had quite Melbourne a good night. I did notice that. I did see you texting podcast <laughs> yeah. Mike while the dogs were playing about Gold Coast. I'm like, what's going on here? Nothing has changed my opinion about Melbourne being like the out-and-out premiership favourites. Like as good as Collingwood and Port were, Melbourne still seemed to be just that level above. Um, brutal game. Jeez, Bailey Smith is so <laughs> lucky he didn't get hurt more badly. When was the last time you saw – well, I mean, this round, I guess you had McAdam as well. But prior to this round, when was the last time you saw a player leave the ground like that? Like it was – talk about WWE. That was like a full-on spear, like it just a shoulder block to the head. I mean, again, I was like, is that Cozzy Pickett or Byron Pickett? <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. And you know how the AFL, it'll often be weighted, you know, on what the damage was to the person. So obviously at the point we're talking, Cozzy's got two weeks, it might be upgraded, you never know. But like it, like two weeks is on the table. But they're saying because, you know, Bailey Smith was able to like, you know, get on with the rest of the game, it's only two, it would have been more if, it, you know, he'd been knocked out or whatever. Do they take in a loading also? Like of Bailey Smith's off-field earning potentials, yeah. because it's the most like, beautiful face in the AFL. Don't you what, dare mess that up. Well, I mean, what if you messed it up? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. what if he was out for weeks, but also like you know took a three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollar hit on his off-field commercial endorsements because because he's come in and fucked up his face. Well, just like on an like a, an objective uh, point of view of he's a beautiful man. It's like those yeah. climate protesters who throw cans mm. of soup on the Mona Lisa. That's a masterpiece. How dare you? I know you've got a point to make, but that is a masterpiece. Well, like, but uh, no, I, but I would say the opposite. The Mona, the, Mona, the Mona Lisa, Charlie, to use yes. your point, is protected by bulletproof glass <laughs> so that when people throw things at the Mona Lisa, it doesn't get on the Mona Lisa. And so I'm going to suggest that I'm going to lobby the AFL. And I'm not saying that his whole body clearly should be protected in bulletproof glass, but I believe that Bailey Smith should be going onto the field with some sort of bulletproof glass helmet. 
Yeah, or just a full face covering. Like, yeah. Don't they, in the NBA, some of those players, mm. they wear those kind of like face Like guards. a visor and a bulletproof yeah. glass face covering. Yeah. Oh, my God. Some engineer could come up. Mm. So it's just like a, a, a like a bulletproof face guard that also mm. moisturizes his skin at all times. Oh, yeah. Just leaving Beautiful. it like It's like one of those masks you get at Chemist Warehouse that you put on. <laughs> like toilet bags? It's a bulletproof glass on the outside and just like some natural vitamins on the inside. Some choba. Now, can we talk about what's going on with Bevo's teeth? Uh, I thought I was seeing things in the commentary box. I'm like, wow, his teeth look really, really white. Like you could really see it through the glass in the coach's box. And it's since uh, come out. Well, he hasn't come out and admitted it, but the speculation is that he's had veneers put on. Now, Tony Jones is obviously the most famous chompers and is a frequent target of AFL players who love to do the chompers. Do you think there's any player brave enough to give Bevo an old chompers gag? I mean, how do you think Bevo would take a chomper's gag? Mm. Not well. I mean, he's got to know what he – I mean, I, it feels like with someone like Bevo, it's a dare. Do you mean like as in like a dare, to say something. a dare to the world? Go on. Yeah. Like, you know, so he could just like get the teeth out and go, go on, go on, you say something. You say something whenever you want to say something. Um, yeah, they definitely are new. Whatever's happening, there's something going on there that's like <laughs> it just looks very strange because he's got such a new a, new look forward line and a new look uh, front front row of his teeth. Yeah, like it, it's just because he, he's such a kind of mm. nuggety little dude, and then mm. to have these like perfectly perfectly shaped porcelain teeth sitting in his mouth, like. I, I actually might have to go back and watch the press conference because I, I won't hear a word he says. I just want to see those those chompers bouncing up and down. Do we have to come up with a new nickname? If Tony Jones is chompers, mm. what are we going to call Bevo then? Stompers. No, nah, stompers. <laughs> That's not yeah. good. Fang? Can we call him Fang? <laughs> Pegs. I loved how quickly you've gone with that's no good because I was like he might stomp you and it's a play on chompers and then you're next to a fangs and pegs. And pegs. Like I understand that mine wasn't brilliant but the way that you dismissed it so quickly and then replaced it with two things that were not good either, I, I, was, I felt a little dismissed by that. Now, a uh, big name recruit, Rory Lobb, uh, came to the Bulldogs over the mm. summer and uh, it's fair to say that the head of the Players Association was a mm. bit confused about who this guy was. I wonder what, whether it's time to bring Lobe up the ground and give him some time in the ruck to try and get him into the contest. Now, I was confused. I thought, oh, shit, maybe it's one of those things. Like, you know, uh, Matthias Filippo, uh, a lot mm. of people call him Filippo. I'm like, oh, maybe it's oh, yeah. always been Lobe. But then Joe Watson only seconds later said this. Well, I think there's something that they should think about, Paddy. I agree with you. Where will we get Rory Lobb up the ground, get him involved? Mm. It's good, though. That's the polite so way to do it. So who is correct on the Lob on the Lob Lobe debate? I mean, it's interesting um, that Job put his foot yeah. down about Lobe. Yeah. Well, that, I think this would be an area where he's – like, it's like when I notice whether people spell their last names with one L or two Ls. I feel like for Job, this is definitely his area. He knows if someone's a Lob or a Lobe. I mean, he doesn't want people to be calling him Job. Like, he needs to be across this. So he, he understands. Uh, but also, what I will say is uh, yeah. it doesn't really matter what his name is. He's This is a classic Bulldogs manoeuvre when it comes to two-story Rory because, once again, we've recruited a guy who pretty much only plays well against us. 
Yeah, like we fall right. for this all the time. That there's someone who cleans us up all the time, and we're like, "Oh man, he's an amazing player. We should get him to the club." And then we get him to the club, and they're like, "Oh shit, he only plays well against us." <laughs> you know, I thought actually played okay for you and looked mm. all right, and he had a lot of work to do. Was Josh Bruce? I think he was doing pretty well down back. I mean, he was under siege, but it's like I thought, "Oh, that's." I'm glad to see that in with his days numbered, well, especially days in the forward line, they've sent him back. But who knows? After what happened, maybe they'll do a little switcheroo. Maybe they'll send Rory Loeb down back and they'll put Josh Bruce back into the forward line. I think Darcy probably ends up playing back this season would be my – and, like, Bruce hopefully will be good enough. I mean, Jones Do you think getting... he's big enough, though? Darcy still looks so skinny. I mean, if he's going to be playing, like – key position back he's going to be coming up against I mean I don't no I you play Darcy as you I mean I think he's going to have you know oh, like intercepting a, a more intercepting yeah, right, yeah role right. I would have thought that. um and look you know who knows like Jones um you know obviously he hurt himself early in the game so it's hard to tell whether that's going to work or not at this stage well apparently he's going to be okay for next week uh, mm. but we'll get to that in a second you said you watched the uh, the Suns in Sydney Oh, man. You know, I was sort of speculated in our preview episode that maybe, you know, I'll get a Suns membership. Maybe they'll be my second team. I want to watch more games. But I've got enough disappointment in my life, and I was so <laughs> disappointed with that game. Like, they've all, they've played good against Sydney the last three the three encounters of the last three years, but that was just pitiful. They, they looked terrible. They actually looked really, really bad, considering the talent they had on the field. Yeah, they didn't look great. I mean, Sydney are brutal because Sydney have, like, Sydney weren't playing particularly well. I mean, it was a tough night to play skillfully. And so they just lent into the idea of we're just going to move this ball forward ferociously in whatever manner we can. And they just, they just wear you down, Sydney. Like, they're just brutal. Mm, After a while, you just cannot resist because they'll just, like, even they're, they've got a great bunch of super skillful players who have mm. no problem deciding not to show off their skills and just like, you know. Smash. Smash, smash or just harass, keep it moving pressure. forward or just like, yeah, tap the ball with your foot or like, fucking hell. Like, I mean, you know, Callum Mills is a gun. Like, they've got so many good players and they're going to be a good side again, I think, Sydney. Uh, now, Tony Cochran um, has departed. Uh, I think that was his farewell game, was mm. it, on the weekend? Or they didn't really his... didn't really fly the flag for Tony, did they? <laughs> um, I found the letter that he wrote to the members to announce his retirement. Oh, yeah. So we'll just have a bit of a read through this. Uh, Dear Suns members, after nine years of service to the board of the Gold Coast Suns, I plan to step down in mid-March after our opening round game against Sydney. I'm sure it'll be a stirring victory. No, he doesn't say that. That's <laughs> well, I've been contemplating this long and hard now for the best part of the last right. six months, and I believe the time is right. <laughs> As the, I mean, okay. Stepping down after the first round of the new season follows on from taking over the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. blah. From the, from the days of living in portable huts <laughs> and players <laughs> who seemed at times just as portable as the buildings we lived in. Oh, there you go. Drive by. We've had challenging times and at times majestic uh, on this majestic ride. Oh, name me one majestic moment that the, mm. the Suns have had. Oh, Carmichael Noah Anderson's goal after the siren last year. Carmichael Hunt's goal after the siren. <laughs> Carmichael Hunt's golf trips. <laughs> <laughs> Others get to play judgment, but for my part, it's been both fascinating and grueling, demanding and, demonstra uh, and demonstrably. He wrote dem demonstratively. Is that a word? Demonstrably? Dem Not demonstrably. Oh. He wrote demonstrably. 
But for my part, it's both fascinating and grueling, demanding and demonstrably difficult, but always a true labor of love. Laying a strong foundation for our Goat Calls Club. Is demonstrably a word? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to fixate spell on this. It, I have no, to. no, I, I agree. Spell it for me. It's, it's, hang on. It's D-E-M-O-N. I, I, yeah, it is. It is a word. Showing your feelings or behaving in a way that shows your love. Demonstrably. D-E-M-O-N-S-T-R-A-T-I-V-E-L-Y. Demonstrably. It's an adverb. Okay. I've never heard it before. All right, Tony. So I'm having a go at you, but you're absolutely correct in this instance. Um to be honest, <laughs> the one part of me does not want to leave. Uh-huh. My love and passion for the Suns, and that's all in capitals, <laughs> its people and its members and supporters are as strong as ever, exclamation mark. I love a grown man, an adult. If you're an adult and you're using exclamation marks in the letter, grow up. I remain just as excited and involved in the progress of our young club as I did on day one. I absolutely love this club and its exciting possibilities of a bright future. However, the time is right. <laughs> we have great stability, a strong admin, now an outstanding playing list and football department, whom I firmly believe are on the road to finals in 2023, exclamation yep. mark. You're wrong. They'd be calling for your sacking if you weren't leaving already. I've enjoyed communicating and bringing the Gold Coast Suns, all capitals, a voice, mm. making a stand for our young club when many only had an agenda to see us off. I love this. This yeah. is a bit of that paranoia about the Mel Boring clubs. They have got it in for him. Some, no doubt, would argue my voice was too strong. <laughs> and okay, your problem is... Okay, you know what I love? Is it now feels like this is a real voice-to-text way that he's put this <laughs> statement together. What I love about it too is he's right, okay, so he's written, um, no doubt some would argue my voice is too strong. Okay, and your problem is, not in a question mark, he's ended with another exclamation mark. <laughs> your problem is... <laughs> But now, to a large degree, we have those difficult times behind us. We'll see about that. And we need to focus on the growth and the opportunities that we've worked so hard to create over the past five years. The sense of stability and optimism around the club is immense. I like to think I played a part in building that direction, stability and foundation. There's a lot of people to thank, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Thanking the board. Um, I have not a single doubt. The greatest times and achievements remain ahead, as they should. Uh, yeah, now well, it's time for me to just... I mean, it'd just... be hard for the... If the greatest <laughs> achievements have been behind you, then the that is a very sad story that's going to unfold. A big concern. Uh, now is the time for me to just go to the footy and enjoy it, take it in. Barrack, my life... Barrack, like, my life depends on it. Like, I totally uh, see him mm. being a guy who barracks like his life depends on You know on what it. I like? The, the idea that Tony's actually had you know, a little bit of madness up his sleeve that he's saving for when he's yeah. not on the clock. You know, I've, I've conducted yeah. myself this point in a very obviously respectful manner publicly, but you should see me let rip once so that I'm not in charge. <laughs> I'm going to bury like my life depends on it and hopefully with some decent umpiring, one can only dream, enjoy a collective <laughs> journey to the finals. So, folks, so folks, <laughs> thanks for this amazing journey. Huge thanks to all of you for putting up with me. <laughs> oh, Tony, it's been <laughs> oh, our pleasure. Tony, you get it. It's been a work of much dedication, love, and passion. I'm also grateful for the ride, exclamation point. (laughs) So see you very soon. And let's keep that membership base growing and his capitalised membership for some reason. There'll be a lot to like in your footy club for some years to come. We are now firmly entrenched in the future of the AFL, representing the great city of the Gold Coast and our important zones in Queensland. As I have done at so many functions, chairman speeches, ETC, let me finish off the same way. By getting into a fight with a white <laughs> <laughs> By headbutting a maitre d'. 
<laughs> By saying go, sons. Warmest regards. Bright hope for the future. Well, why did, wasn't that copy edited? He must have like an EA or something like that. Why did no one like check the punctuation, the spelling, the capitalization? They're just like, do you reckon he said, look. My guess is they to- have. My right. guess is this is the best that they can do with what they're given. Much like the St Kilda social media team can only do so much with Ross Lyon, I think that, <laughs> you know, it's the same with the Suns. you got to let Tony be Tony. This is not the time. Like, you know what I mean? This is his – you've got to let him have his final words in his own words. Uh, now, Will, uh, podcast Mike, it's his bigger mm. year of football. And uh, I was monitoring his social uh, posts all over the weekend, and he was he was very much into it. Um, so we have a little segment. Don't have a sting for it yet. Uh, maybe Hugh Tidy wants to get onto that. Uh, just you know, <laughs> add some extra workload <laughs> that we're not going to pay you for, Hugh. If you feel like doing a mic check sting, I don't know what the lyrics might be. What would a what would a, a mic check sting? Something like whether the balls in the air are on the deck. It's time for a. A mic check, something like oh, that. Man, that's pretty good off the top of your head. I don't mind. Mike, oh, have you got okay. any thoughts on this? I mean, it's your segment. Maybe like, oh, he's watching the footy and thinking, what the heck? It's time <laughs> okay. for a mic check. Huh? Or something, yeah, or right. something like, like that. Because that's sort of sometimes Updated how I respond. every week, you know, if you like, yeah, with topical things. So it could be like, um, you know, if so-and-so players hurt his neck, it's time for mic check. One, two, one, two. So what were your takeaways from round one, Mike? Watched the entire uh, Geelong Collingwood game on Saturday night and really yeah. enjoyed it. Because Could you're a big fan of severe injuries. Is that what, what it was? It was like Tom Stewart's done a knee, Jeremy Howe. You were like, this is the best. I yeah. love seeing people in pain. Podcast Mike loves a shifting yeah, surface. absolutely. That's the one thing that he's always loves about the game. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I um I I really enjoyed just like it was my first time ever just staying home on a Saturday night to watch the footy and it was really fun. I was getting around it on Twitter. Now on Sunday I actually had something on during the Essendon match, but I downloaded the AFL app and every sort of 15 minutes I was checking the score and I was so happy that Essendon absolutely yeah, demolished the Hawks. Um and I thought the yeah, I thought the Blues Tigers game was really interesting, and I and I I don't remember what the stat was, but it was like this: they we have never started a season with a draw, or like the last time it happened was like a long, long time. It was ago. it was Is one that, of those does things. That sound yeah. right? No, I think yeah. that. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. I, I know it was one of them. It I don't was, know which I th- one it was. I believe I think it was the that ladder. it hasn't been since the seventies, maybe that we've started with a with a with a draw. I believe there's been two draws in the first round before, which is amazing because there was a point oh. on the Friday night where it looked uh, on the Saturday night where it looked like it was yeah it could have been close again and. Uh, they were talking about the idea of how many yeah. they've been in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, because I've started um, tipping, I'm footy tipping on the AFL website. I got six Ooh. out of nine round one. And that also kind of yeah. kept me accountable because I was just really interested in checking um, my scores and who won. So like 
we're off to a good start for Mike's big year of footy. Can I um, ask, Mike, with your tipping, are you mm. uh, because you're new to the game, are you looking at like uh, form guides or are you just tipping with your gut, like the colours or the names of the teams or whatever like that? No, I was more thinking about like – I was listening to this pod and remembering what <laughs> you guys were saying. It's amazing you got six out of nine there. <laughs> although, yeah. although 69 is probably the most appropriate number appropriate. for two guys, one cup. Yeah. But I think you just get you get one point for the draw anyway. Because right. if it's a draw, oh, yeah. you just get the you get the point. So okay. maybe I really got five out of nine if you if you count that. But mm. felt really engaged. And I'm really excited. Like, I'm genuinely – I had a meeting this morning and I was just talking about – one of the guys was a Cats fan, was just talking about the Cats Collingwood and people were like, who is this new Mike? Yes, yeah, I, 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 you're very active online and, like, even in the our WhatsApp chat you were sending stuff out and part of me was like, is he, like, making fun of us? <laughs> I felt like – I couldn't work no. out if it was genuine no. enthusiasm or if it was, like, you know, like a serial killer's, like, I need to mo- I, I need to ape human behaviour so I can assimilate with this group. So it's like I'm going to say some things and not actually genuine. But you – so you genuinely were, like, into the game and you – like, when Darcy's more big, big tackle on Ollie Henry, you were, like, that excited yeah. you. You put that into the WhatsApp chat. So that was all legit. All legit and a hundred percent that like that Geelong Collingwood game. One, I did predict Collingwood would maybe win the grand final <laughs> mm-hmm. off to a good sure. start. It could be Collingwood it could Melbourne. Be. It really yeah, could, it could be, be at this stage. And and yeah, I genuinely enjoyed that match. And I could not believe it when I saw Geelong coming back in, in front uh within the last fifteen minutes. So like I'm really excited. I'm genuinely you are not going to see like a fizzle out of Mike's big year of footy. Yeah, like, you this say will that. But will or not? Like the trust that from two no, wily just- veterans, mate. You start off enthusiastic. It gets to like round fourteen or fifteen, especially if your team sucks, and you're just like, oh god, I fucking can't believe I have to talk about football again this week. I mean, it is, <laughs> and and uh, well, we'll see. Currently, Essendon's yeah, on yeah. top of the ladder. Yeah, I was so going to say, it might, Essendon may not stay on top of the ladder for the entire season. You may play teams that are better than Hawthorne. <laughs> Uh, that would be my tip for the rest of the season. Yeah, okay. But well, yeah, look, uh, to be honest, I was excited about football last week and I'm less so this week. So let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Mike, there was uh, a lot of uh, uh, highlights in the commentary. Um, mm. As you know, uh, haircuts are a big feature on this yes. show. And I just feel like the the mainstream media, or should we call them the lamestream media, are muscling in on our independent broadcaster turf. Yeah, sure, we're with Listener, we're also a subsidiary of SCA. But still, I like to see ourselves, this show is like the little show that could. The first one was BT, who, like I said, was on a tear on Friday night, talking about Cam Guthrie's hair. Cam Guthrie has had dreadlocks for the better part of the last three or four years, has gone for a shaved head look, and BT was all over that. Guthrie. This is Cam, minus the hair this year. Gee, I wonder where that's gone. It'd be a real big bag full of it, I reckon. I didn't recognise him out on the ground. Zach Smith might have the odd thing crawling around, and you never know, it was on there for a while. In between saying he wants to kiss footballs and speculating about Cam Guthrie having a bag, it's all very fetishy, don't you reckon? Like, he just has a creepy way of describing normal things. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like a dude got a haircut and it's always, everything's always a bit unusual. BT finds everything, like normal life, a bit unusual. And the fact that somebody's had a haircut, he assumes that the hair is in some bag somewhere filled with bugs. keeps the hair? (laughs) 
<laughs> that bit. The second part about it's filled with bugs is such a conservative, like, yeah. middle-class white man opinion. It's like, oh, yeah, dreadlocks must be filled with bugs. Probably doesn't use soap either. Mm. Having said that, at the grand final show last year, I did make a joke about Cam Guthrie stinking, so I, mean, <laughs> I also <laughs> fall in that category of middle-aged white man stereotyping people with dreadlocks. Yes. Uh, but will you picked out another haircut commentary, uh, a bit of commentary from the Suns game. Yeah, and this is, I mean, I feel like this is, like, I mean, the BT thing is just classic BT. He's constantly, like you said, he's got that old man, someone's got a bit of an unusual haircut, someone's got a bit of an unusual look BT needs to lean into pointing out how unusual it is. But i got to be honest with you, when you're talking uh, talking about a Foxtel panel, I had, there was Kelly Underwood, there was... Um, uh, Nick Del Nick Santo. Del Santo. Dwayne's there in the box as well. Like these are these are your superstars. These are the people that you think are a little bit above haircut chat. And so I was surprised to hear the Gold Coast game. They were talking about a Holman, I believe. He's rocking a new haircut. And uh, this is what happened. Holman with a little bit of pressure there and an interesting new haircut as well for Nick Holman. Same haircut, just a bit of different colour in there, Cal. <laughs> Some of the lemon rinse out the back. It's an area that the Suns need to work on. It was their case last year as well, their efficiency going inside Ford 50. Got to get better connection, more reward for their effort. I wonder where you're going there, Cal. An area the Suns need to work on. I thought you were talking about the hair. Oh, yeah, make sure. For seconds. That's an area I can't comment on. Nick Holman, I don't know if he can comment either, really. <laughs> Stay off our turf, Fox Footy commentary team. Like that literally, if you used AI to modulate the voices so it was you and I, that would be a two guys, one cup I clip, believe don't you think? that that's what they were doing. I believe that they got ChatGPT to write an AI commentary of a two guys, one cup conversation and then they were all just reading it out live on air. That is our area. I mean, even the Dell bit where he just said, I honestly thought that's what the Gold Coast have got to work on this season. And I was like, is he going to talk about their haircuts? I was like, <laughs> please talk about their haircuts. It just went on and on. Uh, but, you know, look, there's a, a lot of commentators who are struggling. Uh, Hodgie uh, had this little gem. Um, uh, I think this is from the uh, – was this the Carlton-Richmond Carlton game or the Collingwood-Geelong game? We spoke about De Koning and his work rate off the ball. Then Kerbis sets this tone for Ruckman. His second up follow, his tackles are excellent. Another free kick for the big fella there. Second up follow? Have <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever been a second up follow? What's it, what is second up follow? I mean, I assume second follow up, right? But second oh. up. <laughs> second up follow. I want to see them use more second up follow. Uh, look, but Hodgie wasn't the only one. Uh, Jason Bennett during the um, uh, the Saints game. Uh, and look, Adam Spencer uh, uh, always writes into us, not only on this show but on our other podcast, Tofot, when we when we can't do basic math, maths. Uh, Jason Bennett, I totally identify with this moment here. He has missed, and the door remains open. But the demons in a strong position. The lead, 38. 28. 28 points. 28 points at three-quarter time. <laughs> <laughs> that is Jason Bennett, right? Because I did hear that clip and I'm like, who is that voice? It doesn't immediately ring familiar. Is it Jason Bennett? Whenever I hear a voice and I think, who is that voice? My answer is Jason Bennett, regardless of whether it's Jason <laughs> Bennett or not. So, yes. 
now, um, we'll come to a segment, beloved segment from last year uh, that I'm so happy to bring back for 2023, which is uh, Brain Dwayne. Brain Dwayne. It's been a long off season. I've missed Dwayne's comments, um, but maybe you should set this up. Well, you got a text message from a friend of the show, Adam Spencer. Yes, and he'd uh, been doing a function, I believe, with the great... The great man, the star of a Brain Dwayne. And uh, I received this message. Look, I don't, I don't want to get too – I don't want to say too much before we play it. I want people to hear it in the same way as I heard it and that you heard it, Charlie. G'day, everyone. It's Fox Footy commentator Dwayne Russell here. And when I'm not throwing down a triple shot long black, a twirl, a can <laughs> of Coke and a Red Bull to do a footy call well enough for it to be featured on Two Guys, One Cup – I'm catching two guys, one cup. Will and Charlie, the Malachi Crunch of podcast partnerships with everyone's second favourite segment, Brainwine. I mean, what a guy. What a guy. Like, I just need to know a bit more about oh. how that happened. Did, 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 did Adam script that for him? Did he just do that on the fly? I mean, it's incredible if it was, like, unscripted. I mean, probably a bit of both. I, I imagine it was a collaboration. You know, Dwayne's good enough to do something with that on the fly. Spence probably gave him a few key lines to throw in there. And then, I mean, thank you, Dwayne. That is very generous and very fun. Very fun. And we're going we're gonna to listen to that on loop for the, next, uh, for the rest of the season. Um, he had a, great, a couple of great highlights from uh, the Saints game, but there was just one that really stuck out for me. Uh, this was uh, Dueno talking about uh, Frio player. Uh, is it Wilson? Where he's, uh, Wilson, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember what I'm talking about. Anyway, just play the clip. Higgins was like Tom Hanks back there. He only had Wilson for company. Hey! 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 He's back. Dwayno's oh, back. That is good stuff, though, Dwayno. I'm happy about that. And also, Castaway material. I mean, how many years ago? Did, that movie's got to be 30 years old, doesn't 20, it, Castaway? Uh, 25, yeah. Well, yeah. late 90s? Yeah. But it's iconic. Yeah, but I, it's I iconic it's still, enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, look, I know we've talked about this previous, but do you think he looks at the list and he looks at the surnames of the players and then he's just making like red string in it, just like, okay, well, this is there's an opportunity to say this, I'm going to say this. You know, like he did another one that didn't make any sense where he talked about Hurricane Higgins. Like Higgins kicked a goal and he's like, it's a storm, you know, at Marvel Stadium, Hurricane Higgins. And everyone started laughing and I, and I was like, what, is there, was there a famous hurricane called Hurricane Higgins or is there a boxer called Hurricane Higgins? What's going on here? Did you Google Hurricane Higgins to find out if there is a famous Hurricane go- Higgins? Oh, all right. I would like Let's to know see. that. But, Hurricane. yeah, I think there's there's an element of that, like word association, no doubt. But oh, yeah. I, Hurricane Higgins is a North Irish snooker player. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean. How is, I mean, Malachi Crunch, Hurricane Higgins. <laughs> what is that? I do enjoy Dwayne's oh, wow. references because it does feel sometimes like, it's like watching an episode of The Simpsons where there is it's some that are for the mainstream that everybody's going to get. And then there's like some jokes where you're like, yeah, I get that that's a joke, but I'm not really sure like that I understand that reference. And he has such a wide palette of references that I do feel like, I I feel like a lot of it's just got to be seven mate was playing Castaway the other night and he happened to catch a bit of it. And then like, it just sticks in his brain. 
Well, I mean, when you think about the Malachi Crunch, which was a Happy Days reference, mm. and now he's on a castaway, at least he's leapt forward by about 20 years in terms of his references. So maybe by next year we can come somewhere into the 2000s. Yeah, but when was Hurricane Higgins getting about playing snooker? Is he like a current day guy or is he like a legendary like snooker no, type, he, Hurricane he, Higgins? He, he, well, he's no longer with this Hurricane Higgins. Yeah. Um, Paul, Paul died died hurricane. tragically in a hurricane, which was how he got <laughs> the nickname. But, Let's see. Hurricane Higgins. Hurricane Higgins, uh, nicknamed Hurricane. His name was Alex Higgins, nicknamed Hurricane for his rapid play. Okay, well, that makes sense. Like, uh, Higgins swoops on a loose ball in the forward line, kicks a goal. I was uh, credited as the people's champion. Oh, move over, Dwayne Johnson. Hurricane Higgins (laughs) has got a claim on that title. Um, Known for his popularity and charisma, he was known as a key factor. And one of the most iconic figures in snooker's history. Um, when did he die? 19. He died in 2010. Okay. okay. All right. So that's that, that's a 2000 reference, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. For Dwayne, pop- that's, top, that's topical, I would think. Like the fact Well, no, but his professional career ended in 1997. So that puts him on par with the cast. Oh, yeah. Away that's reference. a good point. <laughs> Uh, now, we're not going to do a pocket profile this week, although I have an absolute ripper that a listener sent in, a vintage one. Maybe we'll save that for next week. We're running a bit long. So yes. let's just get to the mailbag. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. Two guys, one cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. After the end of each round, we put a call out for feedback. This is uh, from, from Cadleo. Uh, saying their favourite uh, thing of the round was Waller and Alwyn Davy Jr. Oh, in the yes. Essendon game. Yeah, that was a feel-good moment. A clearly underdone uh, McDonald Tipper Morty <laughs> coming onto the field just for a little cameo. But you know what? Bombers fans deserve it. They've had a rough six months, a rough 20 years. So I'm glad that Waller could come on. Uh, Jared says, my inability to look at anything but Jay Gresham's eyebrows since you guys pointed it out. I've got to say... I've been looking at a lot of AFL's players' face facial hair, and I think it's more common than we think. I don't think Jade's on his own when it comes to sort of like his man, is the like most the manicured obvious, brows. Like I mean, he's yeah, he's got thick brows. His is the most cartoonish. Uh, this is from Scott. Uh, how's Zane Cordy kicking a goal through the big sticks? That was a surprise. I texted you in the off season to say, hey. What do we got with this Zane Cordy fella? And you were like, he's a good bloke. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Doesn't give me does not give me much of an insight. But that was a clutch goal. Big moment. Big, Great he goal. A big tackle and for a guy who's only kicked twelve goals in his other hundred plus games. But no, what I said to you about Zane Cordy, which is like as a like I mean he's a premiership player and he was one of those guys that, you know, like it's cool to say that someone's like a jack of all trades, master of none. But sometimes, none, yeah. sometimes it can be like your downfall as a player, where you don't just fit one position, but you're actually quite good at playing a whole bunch of them. So you get thrown around all over the place. You never get an opportunity to fully establish. I would just love that's. I I hope that he doesn't become a St Kilda swingman as well, because I'd love for him to you know actually have a position that he could settle in and no. But no, that's a hundred percent what we're yeah. using him for. I know. <laughs> like that's, I know. I mean, of course. But <laughs> uh, Jock says uh, making the eighty-three premiership team walk a lap of honour uh, at the Essendon Hawks game. Half went one direction, then the other half, half the other direction, and neither group made it all the way around the ground. It was mm-hmm. a very strange arrangement. Oh, that's weird. Is that a the lap Essendon? Of honor, that's, like a- that's the Essendon team, was it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been. Was 83 or was that Hawthorne? Well, it's Hawthorne or Essendon. James says, uh, lots of players going for the shaved head look this year, including Ben Brown, Logan McDonald, and Harry Himmelberg. Is this a new trend? Well, I think the Ben Brown one, that was raising money for charity, right? Looks good, though. Harry Himmelberg needed a haircut. He was starting to look a bit like the dude from Goodwill Hunting. You know, the one who's like, how do you like them apples? That was That's what Himmelberg always reminded me of with his long blonde hair. So I'm glad he said a haircut. Logan McDonald cannot speak to. Don't know why he's cut his hair. I like the Ben Brown thing, though. Like if you if you are a friend or you know loved one of Ben, ben Brown, you've just got to say this is this is now the look. You can't go back to what you were before. That's in your past. No now. more Godspell. No, thank okay. you. It is time to move forward, and this is a good direction forward. Pivot Swan says, "Love the wonderful ball movement of Sydney. So many goal kickers. Hated the heat uh, that the Swans, Suns, and Giants and Crows played in. Mm-hmm. Bad for spectators. Worse for players. The AFL is so Victorian centric." Got a newsflash for you. It was quite hot in Melbourne yesterday as well. Super hot. And I got a newsflash for you. It's going to keep getting hotter. <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter where they play the games or what time of the year. It is going to get hotter. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I do understand what they're talking about, but the rugby league's been playing for like this was their third round. Like the yeah. AFL, the AFL are one week earlier this year than they have been previously. But I don't know what the solution to this problem is. I mean, it's nearly the end of March. When do you start playing? Yeah. Uh, interesting too with the attendances too. Like absolutely, like I think it's the third highest attendance of around, you know, in, since they've been keeping records. But someone sent me a stat comparing it to the NRL. And in the first two games of this round, we had doubled the entire attendance of the NRL for for their entire round just in two games. It's amazing. But they also, I mean, they're very different games. But the 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 very the simplest thing is that NRL is like it rates so well on the TV because it's a great game to watch on TV. You lose nothing. Mm from watching it on TV because it's a game played in lines. It's just a perfect TV sport. Whereas like AFL, you do get something different from going to the game. There is no way. I mean, they do amazing things with the telecast, but there is no way to capture the entire, you know, game of AFL. Like in the way. There's so much happening off the ball with zones and positioning, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas like in NRL, like the only thing that's happening off the ball is occasionally one of the big blokes is like, puffing <laughs> just at the back <laughs> a bit puffed uh this is from jason did you see the two boys running off of the sharons after the hawks game <laughs> yes hilarious so uh the ball goes into the crowd kick a goal's kicked and these uh, kids grab it and what i love about it is the initial instinct is to charge back up to their seats but then they get the idea of like hang on they might want this ball back and so they double back down and then go out the stairs brilliant uh, jay bowie can the prestigious Kangaroos remain undefeated for the season? Um, um, you, want to, unlike- you want to break it to him? I mean, unlikely. I would say unlikely. <laughs> um, Sage says, a CTE story every day, yet three massive hits to the head this weekend. Are the players just trying to anger Jared Waitley? I don't think it's a, a Jared Waitley issue. It is odd, though that there has been so much media attention around it. And then we just have this throwback round where maybe the players are just getting out of their system. They're like, oh, well, mm. once that lawsuit or that civil case goes through, we're not going to be able to do this. So let's just get that out of our system. Yeah, it's like um, your betting companies and the amount they advertise. They know at some stage there's going to be stricter legislation around it. So they're spending all their money <laughs> so now. So I feel like it's a bit the same yeah. with the AFL guys. Yeah, like you'll go to prison for doing that in about three seasons. <laughs> so you might as well do it now. 
Uh, Michael says, did you notice Ross Lyon spill his Coke Zero all over the box? Yes. No, I didn't. If he did, I'm sure it was intentional. I'm I, sure that, no, I'm convinced I almost, Ross Lyon is playing his soul. I almost clipped this because it was one of those moments where I reckon Dwayne will be beating himself up about this because he is the great man. He's got a line for every occasion. And I almost asked for this clip because a, a man in the box who's not necessarily as famous for his comedy and his cleverness, like one of the greats, my dad, uh, Jared Healy, uh, he um, he got in with the gag before Dueno. And like, so Ross has spilled his drink. Uh, and then I've got to tell you this, because um, Dwayne just said afterwards, after Jared does the joke, he goes, good one. Seething. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you could tell there was just a little bit of him. So, Charlie, what was the joke? He spills his drink. It's topical. You can imagine, like, Jared Healy coming up with it. It's based on something that's happened at St Kilda. What was the joke that uh, Jared went with? Uh, they've had an audio leak. Now they've got a soft drink leak. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, a lot of leaks coming out of St Kilda this oh, week. Well, so, you, you, oh, exactly okay, right. the, yeah. <laughs> I can see why Dwayne was fuming. Um, Te- Tesla Fox wants to know, which result uh, would you blow out of proportion to set the tone for the rest of the season? Well, I think our previous listener is saying that uh, North aren't going to win another game. That probably fits the bill. Um uh, my, oh, this I can never pronounce your handle. This has got me last year. Mangoriand. Mangoriand. Giants have the orange tsunami. What other natural hazards could other clubs be? Uh, Blue Blizzard. Um, mm, swans. Well, that is already, there's already a tsunami. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was just enjoying stuck. You, you watching, watching your brain work or not work. <laughs> I was like, that's more entertaining yeah, than coming up with things. You, I think you'd find a, a, We've all a, done almost a range a of natural <laughs> we stop down. Exactly. And a, yeah, a microphone that didn't work. I mean, look, it, it is our first round of the season as well. Like, you know, yeah. it hurts a little bit more on a Monday morning than it traditionally does. We're getting back into the swing of it. Uh, Holmia wants to know is St. Killing Me back or is this is there a new Ross themed mantra I don't know I'm confused I had abandoned all hope um, but now I've got a little glimmer of hope so I don't know I'll have to think of what my mantra for this year will be well you know what my mate Nick who's a big Saints fan um, he keeps uh, texting me uh, so Russ Lyon in one of his long ranging interviews said I don't believe – everyone's saying that, you know, we can't possibly win games with these injuries. Ross Lyon said, I don't believe in probable. I believe in what's possible. And that's what my mate keeps texting me. Possible, Charlie, not probable. So uh, maybe that's my, my mention, the Ross Lyon. I believe in what's possible, not what's probable, um, which is probably a, a surefire way to be disappointed. <laughs> and lastly, uh, Laura wants to know, where should Fife play this year? Is Fogre should be? You guys are the experts. Well, that's completely wrong. He was, um, yeah, it was a real shame to see him languishing in the forward line. We played a pretty good defensive game yesterday, but um, I reckon just can't you put him back in the midfield? He's not Fife. Just play pinch hit him in the midfield. It, it, in the final quarter, it felt, I was like, Unfair. I was like, I don't understand. You know, like he's 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 won two fucking Brownlows. He's an absolute gun, and you're losing this game. Like 
I just don't understand why in that moment you don't think, okay, well, it's time to put him in the midfield and see if – surely you just give it a go. I, I could not understand that. I can understand them not, not wanting to do it for the first three quarters. They're investing in something. It's a different plan. But when the game was there to be won and you've got that guy there, like, I mean, you bet still at Richmond. Match that, winner. Match like, yeah, winner when, it, when a match needs to be won, Dusty Martin's going to, like, you know, get thrown into the, onto the ball. Um, okay, so that is two guys, one cup yes, this week. We're going to do a quick Long. look ahead because obviously we didn't realise that um, – well, I didn't realise uh, that, <laughs> that Will – I knew but I forgot that Will is off social media and so we did our tips last week with uh, Broden Kelly. You can find that on our Instagram page. Still trying to work out what we're going to do with the tips going forward, whether or not it's a, a rotating guest each week with me, whether or not I can get Broden back. I believe he's overseas at the moment so it might not be this week. Um, but just stay tuned to our Instagram page – I'll figure that out. But in the meantime, Will and I are going to have a quick look ahead um, to next week's matches and come up with our predictions, our tips. Um, how do I do that? There we go, round two. So first up, we've got Carlton and the Cats, Thursday night. Uh, okay. to bounce back, Cats to bounce back. Yeah, okay. One, one of those two things will happen, you'd imagine. Um, could, be, could be another draw, could be another tie. I mean, this would be good. This would be some uh, spicy content for the start of the season. Imagine. Well, Carlton have to win, have to tie every game, according yeah. to you. Is that right? Yeah. They'd have to tie every game to be able to make it. The Lions return to the, Gab- the Gabba and take on mm. Melbourne. Jeez, wouldn't that be a story? If, like either Carlton or the Cats or even Brisbane possibly could start the season with two losses in a row. That's that's bloody big story. It is. Um, Melbourne surely will win that game. I think they I probably know, will too. But stung. Hard to know. Lockie Brisbane Neal is not going to have two bad games in a row. You wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it just. I guess it just depends about whether I get around the Brisbane boys or not this week. See how that goes. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Collingwood take on Port Adelaide, the Battle of the Prison Bars. I made the prediction that it'll be a Collingwood-Port Adelaide grand final and they'll both wear the prison bars. Yep, I'd I mean, like to say Port it. can wear their traditional Port prison bars and Collingwood can wear their traditional prison bars, but it should be an all-prison bar grand final. Yeah. That's what I want. And then, I mean, if there was a Collingwood-Port Adelaide grand final, then like a lot of the audience probably are either going to be released from prison <laughs> or going straight to prison <laughs> after the match. It's at the MCG. Big test for Port mm. Adelaide. A lot of excitement after last week. God, this will be a massive game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say the win, Pies. Though. They're yep. irrepressible. Uh, later on that afternoon, Adelaide back at home host the Tigers. Uh, Adelaide were all over the Giants and then they just couldn't kick straight. Uh, Richmond didn't seem that impressive. It was a bit underwhelmed by what the Tigers put out. I'm going to say the Crows in an upset. I'm going to say Tigers probably still though. Uh, later on, uh, it's the two guys, one cup. Cup. Oh, yes. We should talk The Western talk about Bulldogs this. hosting the Saints at Marvel Stadium uh, at what time is it? Are we the middle of the afternoon game? Don't give us the fucking. No, it's 7 25 on Saturday night. Yeah, two guys, one cup, cup. There is a trophy we once had. Where is that these mm, days? Good question. And when I say good <laughs> question, I mean a question that I definitely cannot answer because I threw it away. <laughs> I've been moving and I had to clean out a whole bunch of things that were in the house. And I believe. That, that trophy, which was broken, I, I was like, should I get this repaired or should I let this go? And I thought, you know what, it's it's probably time for me to let this go. So it might have been rehomed, repurposed. There might be another podcast that has their own trophy that they give away at the end of the year and they're using it. That's what I like to imagine. But uh, I was going to... Pro- hasn't been... 
hasn't been much fun for me, the, mm. the two guys won Cup no. Cup the last few seasons. Hasn't been much of a contest at all. No, and, and as, the, as the holder of it, I, I really did get a little, um, you know. Complacent? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I threw it away, didn't I? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than complacent. I, downright I, disrespectful. I broke it and then I threw it away. So I guess you could say that that is some element of disrespect, yes, about the entire process. Okay, well, how about this? I think we go into this remarkably evenly matched. If you'd asked us last week, you would have thought the Bulldogs were probably huge favourites for this game. But after the weekend, you've got to say that, you know, this this might be a 50-50 ball game. So if the Saints win, I mm. promise, here we go, I promise yep. that I will make a new trophy. I will make a new trophy oh. for the two guys, one cup, cup. I, it may be a cup. It may not be the yep. same trophy as it, but I will replace the trophy. Um, I'm not going to demand that if the Bulldogs win, you also make a trophy. I'm just going to say that I don't have to make a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think, uh, yeah, the, the the loser of mm. the Two Guys, One Cup Cup has to fashion a, mm. a trophy and we can present. I don't know how we're going to present it. We're, all, we're never in the same place. That's good there point. will be a moment where we're in the same place where we'll, one of us will present to the other mm. the trophy that we have made. Um, do we need any kind of specifications around the material? Is it all renewable materials? I mean, or is it only non biodegradable. Look, <laughs> it's got to last this, stand the test of time. It's got to be like a diaper. It's got to last four thousand years. It's going to be made of shit I already have around the house. That is. <laughs> so I'm not going out and get anything special for this fucking trophy. So, look, I, I really hope that the Bulldogs win, so I don't have to make a trophy. But I pledge. If the if the Saints win, I will I will replace the trophy. I will make a new trophy. Okay, I accept that wager. And uh, if the Bulldogs win, I will also make a trophy out of all non biodegradable materials. <laughs> uh, the other game on Saturday is Frio versus North, but that's back at Optus Stadium. You'd think Frio will bounce back mm-hmm. there. Too good a team not to. Sunday, Swans hosting Hawthorne. Swans win that one. Uh, Bombers versus the Suns uh, in Melbourne. That's oh, an that's okay game. for podcast Mike's but bigger year of footy. I think this is this is good. Like that, that's a good yeah, second up game. I mean, Gold Coast have a point to prove, but I think if you're Essen and you're buoyed by that first round result, you got Gold Coast second round. You might be two and might be top of the ladder two weeks in a row. Bloody hell! And the last game is the Weagles taking on the Giants again mm. at Optus Stadium. Um, wow. It's hard to get a read on West Coast. Mm. I just they look shit. Yeah, I oh know. That's that's <laughs> I mean I guess that's, that's not so hard read. after all. It's a really easy read. <laughs> they look shit. <laughs> one of the easiest reads uh, I've ever had in my entire life. This <laughs> is shit. So the Giants played in 36 degree heat, yeah. then have to travel all the way to the other side of Australia. I mean, that might be the only thing that counts against them. The Eagles are used to the heat, are used to travel. So And that, obviously, um, yeah, at home, uh, like a different proposition, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to say the Giants. I'm going to say the Giants. I'm going to say also the Giants. All right, and that is two guys one cup this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, remember, you can follow us two guys one cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. Play on, not fifteen. Ball. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys one cup.